Welcome to Anchor FM, the home of Be of Podcast. I am your host, Sharon Gully. Today we have an amazing guest. She is a children's author, publisher, self-published author, and so much more. Let's welcome Kelly Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, Kelly. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. We are so happy to have you here with us today. You are such an incredible lady, I must say. Well, thank you very much. It's it's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, thank you. You, I'm, I'm going to just get right to it because I am so excited. I have been waiting for this podcast for quite some time now. <laughs> <laughs> you stated that after a life spent experiencing trials by fire while simultaneously navigating choppy waters, that you find yourself passionate about helping others navigate their own paths and to become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Can you elaborate with us a little bit about that? Well, mostly the people that I work with have been uh, through some kind of trauma. I am a domestic abuse survivor and that is kind of how I started my journey to helping other people. It's a really, really difficult thing to go through and come out the other side. So many people, and in particular women, just kind of never seem to recover. And I know in my own case, it was easily a decade after I got out of my abusive situation until I started feeling like myself again. So that's, that's where I started with uh, sharing my story. And I used to go around and, and do some speaking at um, battered women's shelters and uh, organizations to help people who had been through domestic violence. And it just kind of went from there. Uh, I think really the most important thing any of us can do is share our stories. You never know who you're going to touch. You never know who you're going to help. Absolutely. And it's, it's such an important cause. Absolutely. Being a passionate writer and lyricist, you recently created a children's book series, and I hear you are currently also working on several screenplays. Wow. Um, <laughs> what inspired you to write? And I'm going to let you pronounce her little name because I have a hard time <laughs> pronouncing it. Can you it's give us... Lazy. Laylee. Yeah, it's Laylee and the Elephants. And I've really kind of always told children's stories when I would do, um, you know, speeches in, in domestic violence shelters. You would always find children there. And I would always kind of make up stories to tell them and kind of entertain oh. them. And, and uh, when my own daughter was young, I would make up stories for her. So I've always kind of done it. I just never written anything down. So <laughs> when uh, we found out that my grandson is deaf, um, I started looking at children's books with deaf characters. And there aren't that many of them. So I decided what a terrific way to combine my love for animals with a children's story. So um, Laylee is a young deaf girl. She lives in Thailand. And she kind of is um, not included. 
You know, she's not exactly bullied, but then again, they don't exactly want to make friends with her either. So she finds a baby elephant in the local elephant population that is also kind of having trouble making friends with his own kind, and they become fast friends. So really, Laylee and the Elephants is a story about love and friendship and acceptance more than anything else. That's beautiful. What are you hoping children will get out of your book? That everyone is the same on some level. We're all the same. Um, I encourage parents to teach their children if they're out in public and they come across someone who has a um, disability or someone who is just different, say hi. You know, don't just walk past them. Don't ignore them. They're, they're people. Everyone wants to be acknowledged and, you know, appreciated and, and loved. And we all yes. kind of want the same things. So that's what I hope kids take away. Um, on the flip side of that, along with kindness towards other people, I hope they come away with a love for nature and for animals. And it's so important to protect nature and the elephants and, um, you know, all the animals really. But in Thailand in particular, the Asian elephant is expected to go extinct within the next decade. Wow. To me, that's very, very sad. Yes. Absolutely. Well, what a beautiful, beautiful story behind your children's book series. I wish them much, much, much success. I understand that the first three have been published, but there are a total of 18 planned? There are 18 so far. <laughs> we'll see. There may end up being more, but um, my plan was to release them three at a time. So the first three books have been released. Uh, I am in talks with a couple of different um, people who to turn Laylee and the Elephants book series into a regular cartoon series for children where we would um, kind of teach a little bit of ASL and educate about different animals that need to be protected and how to make friends with people who are different. You know, how do you do that? Because sometimes kids are quite brave and they don't see people as being different and they just run right up to them and make fast friends. Other times, other kids need a little encouragement. And, you know, wouldn't it be great if, if there was an avenue where those children who are a little bit more reserved um, could be encouraged to talk to different people uh, our different children, especially in uh, whether it's in their class or in a park or wherever they would meet them and uh, realize that we're all the same. We all kind of want the same things out of life, no matter what our personal physical abilities or mental abilities or capabilities are. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. I love your beautiful soul. Absolutely. Everyone you can find these beautiful series of children's book at www.laehli.com and at www.ibblane.com.
P-R-E-S-S dot com, Ivy Lane Press. Kelly, you are a yes. publisher at your own publishing business called Ivy Lane Press. I love right. your logo with the cat on it. Can you share with <laughs> us the story behind it? Well, many, many, many years ago now, um, I was very, very sick. And I was more or less laying in bed waiting to die. And I heard something through the bedroom window. And one of the people I was renting a room to at the time came running in and saying, oh, wow, there are kittens out here and there's no mama. And what had happened is a feral cat had had one kitten about every 10 feet <laughs> and she didn't oh take my. care of them. So what I was hearing was newborn kitties meowing for mama. She just had them and ran off and left them. So we ended up with these kittens and all but one died. And that was Ibby. And, you know, I had to get up out of bed and stop throwing myself a pity party and take care of this teeny tiny little bitty kitty. And we called her the itty bitty kitty. Uh, my goddaughter, who was two, shortened it to Ibby. And she called her Ibby. Well, then the cat started responding to Ibby. So that became her name. <laughs> but I am convinced if it were not for the fact that I had to get out of bed and take care of this tiny little kitten, I would have died. I would have just laid there and died. So she saved my life. And I saved her life oh. and had her for 21 years. And she was always a different kind of cat. <laughs> I'm not sure she ever quite figured out she was a cat. But um, yeah, so I, I honored her by naming my publishing company after her, uh, after she died. And it was just um, a very, very special thing to have happened for me and I really think it was divine intervention you know it was somebody saying okay you've got to get out of bed and think about something other than yourself right now so um, she's what did it you know she she really encouraged me to start living again that's so that's why it's Ivy Lane Press. I absolutely love the story I'm sorry for the loss but thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Kelly, you, you wrote in and published a domestic violence anthology called Resilient that I am so grateful to have been able to be a part of. Can you share with us a little bit about this beautiful anthology? Resilient came about um, through the work I was doing in battered women's shelters. And I realized that, yeah, I can tell my story all, all day long. And, you know, everybody is different. And some of the people would, yeah, that's, that really resonates with me. And other people are like, no, you know, I really don't, you know, don't resonate with your story. So I decided to collect a bunch of different people's stories and publish those in a book. And the whole idea behind Resilient was to distribute it free of charge to battered women's shelters. And a lot of them started sending me money back. And it was kind of, I thought I made it clear that it was a donation, but apparently not. So but that, was, that was the idea behind it. And that book has really touched so many people in so many different ways. 
and not just women, but um, men too who have been in those situations. And even children who have been through a shelter because their mother was beaten up and, and they really loved the book. And, you know, even people who are parents of, of people who have been in abusive relationships, friends of those, you know, it, it's, it really kind of has taken on a life of its own. And I'm very, very, very proud of it. I purposely did not include my own story in resilient because I felt like I've told it so many times. I mean, you know, at this point, it's, it's kind of, you heard it once, you heard it a thousand times. So I really wanted to give the focus to other people who had also been through something very similar, if not identical to what I went through. So I thank you for being part of it because your story touches people that might not, you know, really relate to somebody else's story. So the, mo the more voices we have telling their stories, um, the more people we can all help. Thank you so very much. I know that it is uh, a beautiful anthology and I am honored, absolutely. Now I wanna talk about another book that I just dearly love. I absolutely love it so much. I bought it, I have it on my shelf and I go to it two or three times a week. It's called Lyric and Lines from Another Life. Can you tell us the story behind this beautiful, brilliant book? <laughs> that one was a long time coming. <laughs> I uh, had a period of my life where I was in an area with a lot of um, musicians, writers, artists, just very creative people. And it was the first time in my life anyone encouraged me to write. I did not come from a supportive family at all. Um, in fact, they, they tried to discourage me from writing and said it was stupid and a waste of time and that's what I had grown up with. So when I found myself with this group of people who were so encouraging, I just started writing. And many of the poems that I wrote ended up being song lyrics. You know, a lot of them were actually performed. Some of them were actually recorded. One of them I've heard on the radio back in the, in the day. But um, I had just never really personally done anything else with them. So it was sort of a culmination of all of these bits and pieces that I had written through the years. And when I changed my computer, I started looking through them so I could transfer them onto my new computer. And I thought, you know, I should really just publish these. There's enough here I can make a book out of. So some of the things in that book are very old. They're like late seventies. Others are, you know, five years old. I mean, there, it runs a gamut through my life. But when I went back and looked through them and I was trying to decide on a title, somebody, who was reading over my shoulder, a couple of these, these things that I had written said, whoa, I don't know that person. It's like you had another life. And I went, hey, there's my title. Clips <laughs> and lines from another life. So that's what it is. But if, if you look through it, there's, there's things about different animals that I have loved and lost through the years, um, people, situations, just all kinds of things. And some of them have nothing to do with me personally at all. It was just 
you know, something that was inspired from another story I heard or something I saw somewhere. So, um, you know, it's just a group. It's, it's kind of a hodgepodge of things. There's lyrics, there's poetry, there's some prose, um, all in one book. So that's how it came about. It's probably one of the things I am most proud of because for a long time, I tried to hide things that I had written. You know, as I said, I didn't come from a supportive background. And on many levels, I was deeply ashamed that I was a writer for a huge portion of my life. Wow. So publishing all of that in a book was like, you know what? This is nothing to be ashamed of. You know what? I'm, I'm not only not ashamed anymore, I am very proud of it. You know, so <laughs> that's why I encourage people, if they have the slightest inkling to write, please do. Don't listen to anybody else. Write for yourself. You don't have to share it with anybody else, but do it for you. Absolutely. And I myself personally thank you so very much for sharing it. I know that it is a great enjoyment in my life. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Everyone, you can find Resilient and Lyric and Lines from Another Life at www.ibilanepress.com and at amazon.com. What do you love most about writing and publishing, Kelly? The freedom, I think. Um, it's really through a lot of the different careers I've had and different businesses I've had, I have learned that you just don't know what somebody else is going through. And you just don't know how much you help people without even realizing you're helping them. And once I came to grips with the fact that I am a writer and it is a gift and a talent that not everyone has, then I realized how freeing it was for me to be able to write and publish my own books. And then friends started saying, well, you know, I would like to do a book. So I started helping my friends do books. And my publishing company was born from helping friends, from helping other people realize their writing dreams. Everyone has a dream. You know, and no matter what your dream is, you should follow it. And, you know, if writing is your passion, well, then, you know, maybe we should talk. You know? But <laughs> that's where it came from. It came from my wanting to help other people get their voices heard and me enjoying the freedom that I felt when I finally embraced the fact that I'm a writer. Absolutely. Absolutely, and an amazing one at that. Now, as much as I love writing and publishing, I want to get in a little bit on the entrepreneurial side of things for my entrepreneurs out there. I heard that you were told in your early adulthood that as an employee, you would make an excellent entrepreneur. And since then, you have started, grown, and or run several small businesses while currently being an author and a publisher and so much more. Um, being a real estate broker, specializing in vineyard properties and being a writing, 
Reiki master and a life coach in southeastern Arizona as well. I told you, everyone, she is amazing. Share with, <laughs> share with us how you find time to manage all of this. You know, I um, some days I don't. <laughs> and every day I wake up saying, you know what, today I'm going to do what I can. But um, for a very long time, I was working myself, you know, literally to death. And I came to realize that that's not what we're here for. <laughs> that's not what life is all about. <laughs> so I kind of stopped that. But um, I've always kind of turned my, my hobbies into businesses, you know, in the, yes. in the 80s when I was um, doing landscaping um, in my own yard, people would ask me to help them with theirs. So I ended up with a landscaping company. And then uh, I enjoy koi and goldfish and I love water features and ponds. So I ended up with a pond company, pond building company. Wow. And you know, it was just whatever I was doing at the time. I ended up with a pet sitting company. You know, I've owned a lot of different things that um, seemingly are not connected at all. But if you know me, they make perfect sense. You know, it's just um, kind of what I've done. You know, in real estate in uh, the 80s in, in the Bay Area, um, a lot of the old Victorian homes were falling into disrepair. And it was very sad to me personally. I was personally insulted that nobody was doing anything for these homes. So I had a couple of partners that I put together and we started buying them and fixing them up and then selling them. Well, that was in the days way before anybody called it house flipping, you know, <laughs> now it's very popular, but back then it was a labor of love. It was me wanting to preserve history. Yes. So a lot of the things that I did turned into businesses. I ended up with a tile company. I ended up with a salvage yard. You know, it was oh, things that, that I liked to do, I just turned into businesses. And um, ultimately I would start them and I would get bored and I would sell them. And that's kind of what I've done. Um, I'm not so much anymore, I'm winding down, but uh, I still do real estate from time to time. and of course, publishing, and I do Reiki. I'm an energy healer on a number of levels besides Reiki. So, um, you know, it just it, it's just if I find something that I'm really interested in that intrigues me, I tend to turn it into a business. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely amazing. <laughs> and here is another thing that just touches my heart. I've, I've heard you say that you live with a rather large variety of rescued animals and that you have way more gardens, as we just spoke about, and other projects that any truly sane person would want to attempt to handle. Can you share with us about your rescue mission? <laughs> I've always been animal rescue. I tell people it's a lifelong affliction. <laughs> I was born with it. <laughs> I was always that kid who would go home with some animal saying, Mom, it followed me home. Can I keep it? I mean, that was just me. Um, I, am, I have actually scaled back. I am down to one horse instead of five. Um, and I have placed all the goats, so I don't have them anymore. 
but um, you know, I still have I, cats and we're still doing kitten season uh, right now. We're still having them show up, um, dogs, birds. I have a giant tortoise um, oh who tends to be an escape artist. Um, I also have water turtles and, you know, just anything you can, oh you can come up with. I've run through it. Um, you know, at one time, uh, I've ha I have had pot-bellied pigs and, and goats. In fact, a three-legged goat one time. I've rescued cows, you know, rabbits, anything and everything. So it just, I try my best to rescue and find good homes. And my rule is if I place an animal and it's returned three times, it is mine and this is its forever home. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but it has happened where, you know, some animals have just been traumatized before I rescue them and they just don't fit into every home. So if they don't fit into a home, I give them three chances to find their perfect home. But if for whatever reason they're returned that third time, I don't do it to them again. It's just further traumatizing them. Absolutely. That is just absolutely amazing. You are an amazing human being. Well, thank you. Do you have a favorite quote or saying that you use for times of encouragement? <laughs> 50 years from now, none of this is going to matter. Um, that's my favorite thing. <laughs> my grandmother, I had the most amazing woman in history as a grandmother. And I, I know people tell me that she was not perfect. But in my eyes, this woman was, you know, my sun, my moon, my everything. And she would say on a really bad day, well, 50 years from now, none of this is going to matter. So no matter what, what it was that was going on, that was her attitude. Well, you know, one day we're going to look back. This is not going to be a big deal. 50 years from now, it'll not matter. If it was a really horrible day, she would say 100 years from now, no, this is going to matter. So I could always tell as a child how bad her day was if she said 50 years or 100 years. She sounds like an amazing lady. I, I believe I would have just adored her. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I want to touch on a little bit of a serious situation that we are facing as a nation right now. Um, how has COVID-19 touched your life? And what are you doing to move forward during this time of change? You know, honestly, I live in the middle of nowhere. So it really hasn't touched my life. Um, it might be, you know, the only change that really I've seen is there are some stores that I go to where you have to wear a mask now. But other than that, um, you know, I don't know anyone that has had COVID. I don't really, I, 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 am, I am pretty much a hermit on my land here. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I might leave my house and go into town, you know, once a week, once every two weeks even. So I don't really see that many people um, to have it have really had an impact on me. However, my husband was forced to work from home for a while. Um, you know, he normally travels as his job. 
And, uh, you know, of course, travel was canceled for a while. So that was a little bit of a, an adjustment, adjusting to him being here all the time. Then again, he was quite helpful with the animals. So I kind of enjoyed, you know, having the extra help. Um, I know it is a very serious situation. And I know a lot of people are hurting badly um, due to COVID and, you know, just other things, the economy and small businesses going under. I know a number of small business owners and they're having a really tough time. Yes. Uh, it, it's just, you know, I try, try to be encouraging. I try to still um, do business with small businesses, you know, and even locally here. I mean, we have tiny businesses. I, I tell people there's small business and then there's small business <laughs> because in the area I live in, we are very remote. We are very sparsely populated. You know, my nearest neighbor is a quarter of a mile away, wow. maybe a little longer. So small businesses out here have struggled to begin with. Yes. So I try to, you know, do my best to single-handedly keep them in business some days. But, um, you know, I, I do know this too shall pass and I know we will all get through it. And, uh, you know, we need to be more supporting of each other and kinder to each other. And I think that will make the difference. One positive that I think we can draw from the whole COVID situation is it has forced many people, most people, to realize what is truly important in our lives. And Absolutely. that's crucial right now. Absolutely. Do you have anything on a heartfelt spiritual level that you would like to share with the world? You know, really, my whole thing is kindness. <laughs> kindness matters. <laughs> it's, yes. it's so important and it is so something that we have lost. You know, with everyone at each other's throats and people protesting and then protesting the protesters, I, we yes. are so divided and we just need to take a step back and be kinder and really hear each other, you know, and what is important to each of us and not make these snap judgments about, well, that person doesn't believe what I believe, so they're wrong. And now I hate them. No, that's not <laughs> what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to accept everybody's differences. And everyone is entitled to believe whatever their truth is. You can't force someone else to share your values. And if we are kind to each other, that will go a long way to bridging gaps we have so much more in common than we have that's different. Absolutely. And what a beautiful world it would be, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I still hope. I wake up every day hoping. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us where we can find you, Kelly. Uh, I am all over social media and Facebook. Um, you can, the best way probably is through ibbylanepress.com. 
um, th that you can send me a message through there. I can, um, always, but like I said, I'm always, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm um, pretty much everywhere at this point. <laughs> okay. I will share with everyone again. It's www.emmylanepress.com and www.laehli.com and on Facebook as well as Amazon. Thank you so very much for being a guest on our show today. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And we look forward to having you back in 2021 to see what new and exciting things you have to share with us. That sounds great. Well, thank you. And you have a wonderful evening, Kelly. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us here today, my friends. And as always, much love and light to you. Be sure to stop by and check out our amazing listening list. And thank you always for liking, sharing, and subscribing. Always be kind. As our guest has mentioned today, being kind and loving and respecting one another can take us to the great ends of the earth. Thank you from BF Podcast.